content warning. Tone Deaf is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the shows we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Theater Nerd's Guide for Their Musically Challenged Spouse. I'm, uh, Music Minister Carly. And I'm not a theater nerd. I'm, uh, with, um, the Heavenly Jesus Lutheran Church Praise Band, and always have been. And I'm, uh... Lay Pastor Charles of the Heavenly Jesus Lutheran Church, and I did not stumble across a plot to overthrow humanity, and we are absolutely not Kay and Warren of the internationally listened to Tone Deaf, who may or may not have bounties placed on their heads by an animal mafia led by a giant pink sea snail, which definitely does not exist. So, Pastor Charles... I felt it would be good to talk about a movie that has absolutely no bearing on what is going on with us right now, a show that definitely has not inspired the latest musical offering for the praise band. We are going to talk about the 1992 hit movie musical Sister Act. Hallelujah! <laughs> that That's a little bit too much uh, excitement for a Lutheran band. Oh, uh... I mean, Pastor Charles. I, 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 oh, uh, yes, yes, uh... I, I, I apologize, music minister Carly. And also with you. Um, so, the original screenplay of Sister Act was written by screenwriter named, Char- or named Paul Rudnick, who w- has a screenwriting credit that you would know, Adam's Family Values. I thought that it sounded a little familiar. Mm-hmm. So when uh, you were singing the Adams Family theme the other night, I was like, "That was why I was like, this is weird. <laughs> this is weird." <laughs> um, the spirit had taken me. The spirit and, uh, had taken you. Had had wanted to to uh, 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 sing the praises of family values. Yes, of Adams Family values. Uh, he was also a script doctor for the Adams Family. Uh, the these are the. Uh, late 80s, early 90s reboots, not the original. Um, the ones that the, we saw as say, kids. The ones that I'm familiar yes, with. Yes, the ones that you're familiar with. Um, he's also a playwright and will most likely be covering his other shows later, but for now we're going to cover Sister Act. He is not credited by name in this one, and we will get to that later. In 1987, he... The year of my birth. Yes, the year of your birth. He gave the script to Academy Award winner Scott Rudin with plans for Bette Midler to play the lead. And Midler was actually the one who urged him to visit an actual convent while he was writing this. And fun fact from IMDb, the prioress of the convent he went to, Mother Dolores Hart, was a triple threat featuring in films in the late 50s and 60s, including one with Elvis. And apparently she's also the only nun who is a voting member of the Academy. Interesting. However... Bette Midler decided, my audience members wouldn't want to see me as a nun, I'm out. Hmm. 
uh, questionable call on that. So, they ended up with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and the script had to get retooled because it's originally written for Bette Midler, who is decidedly different from Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, uh, I am not a person who gets actors and actresses mixed up. I am somebody who knows all of those things. <laughs> and uh, yes, it is silly that someone would get. Yes, those two it is mixed very up. silly to get those two. It's very silly for a lot of reasons to get Bette Midler and Whoopi Goldberg mixed up, but um, they they had to actually like retool all of Whoopi Goldberg's dialogue because it was not written for her. And uh, here's a here's another fun fact: which Star Wars actress was a script doctor? A script doctor yes someone who fixes scripts uh, i i would say uh uh <laughs> i did this before and i hated it With the same i hated it actor. so bad <laughs> This is so bad. This is the second time. So bad. This actor. So bad. What is wrong with me? You are my only hope. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of her goddamn name, though. Carrie Fisher. No. Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yes, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, like, put in a musical cue. <laughs> I just can't believe. Um... Oh, oh, my abs hurt. <laughs> Whew. Okay, so yeah, Carrie Fisher was one of the script doctors for this movie and was the one who uh, Whoopi actually was like, okay, she has to retool my lines because by this point, Carrie Fisher had been doing that for a while. And there's a great quote regarding Whoopi's strug uh, struggle to get her dialogue rewritten. And this is from uh, Carrie Fisher telling her, you're getting into a pissing contest with people who have actual dicks. <laughs> That's great. That's... I miss her so much. Um, and the movie is directed by Emil Ardolino. And I think the only thing you'll recognize of his is Dirty Dancing. I've heard of that. I've never seen it. You're going to have the time of your life. And you'll owe it all to me. Um, <laughs> but tragically, um, Emil passed in 1993 from complications of AIDS. Uh, the movie and its sequel are, this movie and its sequel are both produced by Touchstone and distributed by Buena Vista, a.k.a. produced by Disney, distributed by Disney. <laughs> and we are going to be watching it on Disney+. Because <laughs> while everyone else is watching Mulan... We're watching this, because this is more exciting to me. 
And they also, apparently, the new Mulan doesn't have any singing, so Mm-mm. we couldn't review it for our couldn't show anyway. Couldn't review it for our show anyway, and I'm not paying $30 for it right but anyway, now. I will wait. Anyway, let's get down to business. So, <laughs> with the change from Bette Midler to Whoopi Goldberg, the film's locations were changed around as well. Uh, originally, it was going to be set in Chicago, but now the main part of the film outside of Reno, which we'll get to that, uh, it's going to take place in San Francisco, which is where Whoopi's career started. Oh. The changes made led to Rudnick deciding he didn't want the writing credit anymore. <laughs> it's credited to Joseph Howard. On the one hand, it would be interesting to see what this movie is like in the Midler universe, but on the other hand, this movie was formative in my youth because of Whoopi, so I'm glad I'm in the Whoopi universe. No one in the uh, middling views on how it would shape your 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 <laughs> it's, words it's an alternate universe where uh bet midler co-hosts the view <laughs> <laughs> so there is a quote on imdb about the filming of this and i want to believe that this is true so during the shoot sisters kathy najimi who was peggy hill in King of the Hill, and Wendy McKenna, who I can't find anything that you've seen other than Airbud. Uh, <laughs> seriously, like I was looking through going, he hasn't seen that, he hasn't seen that, he hasn't seen that. It's been a long time since I've seen Airbud, too. Yeah, I saw it once. Same. Um, they decided to order wine and fries to their hotel room from room service while still in their habits. Before the order arrived, however, Kathy insisted that Wendy be seated on the bed, transfixed on the television, which was tuned to a porn channel so that they'd get a reaction out of the waiter. <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. All went, well, all went as planned until Wendy could no longer contain her, her laughter and lost a $100 bet with Kathy. <laughs> And the nuns actually played a lot of pranks during filming in Reno uh, because, you know, there's a lot of scenes that take place in Reno that the nuns are also in. And so they had a bunch of hijinks in their habits. That is so great. <laughs> I would have loved to have been in this. Prankster nuns, yeah, man. Yeah. And like, they're, of course, not really nuns. They're actresses playing nuns. But yeah, but still, but, but still, it's it's the uh it's the it's the appearance yes it's it's doing things in a nun costume and i think that's great um a little fun catholic thing the name that Whoopi's character takes while in the convent sister mary clarence is stated for sister or saint clarence of concord who's not an actual saint however there is a saint clarence of vienne who is the patron saint of prisoners huh yes it's an interesting little uh touch that they do so, Isis Carmen Jones, who is the girl who plays the younger version of Whoopi, also plays a de-aged version of Whoopi's character in Star Trek The Next Generation, Queen uh, oh. And also, there's a little girl that's in this movie uh, named Deseretta Jackson, who played the young version of, Celie's, of Celie, who was Whoopi's character in The Color Purple. Which I have also not seen. You have also not seen that one yet, but we will. Um, this movie was wildly successful. It was released May 29th, 1992, earning $231 million at the box office. 
it cost $31 million to make, so it was about as yeah. much as the shitty movies that we, or Kay and Warren were reviewing earlier. Um, and it stayed at number two in the box office in its first four weeks. Nice. It was released alongside Lethal Weapon 3, and it held its spot when Patriot Games and Batman Returns released. And it was only unseated by Unlawful Entry in its fifth week. Well uh, done. It spawned a sequel, a West End musical, a couple of lawsuits from nuns claiming plagiarism, said nuns <laughs> lost. And it... <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, are they from the Church of Sister Mary lawsuit, or <laughs> is there a pa- is there a patron saint of frivolous lawsuits? Would Jesus approve of that? I don't know. <laughs> oh Lord, but uh, yeah, I I decided not to go into too much depth with that, just because you know I don't want to make this whole episode be super long. Because I I don't know, we need. Kay and Warren needed a break from the garbage of uh, the last little while. Garbage and, uh, of yesteryear. Yes, and we are taking it upon ourselves to uh, to do this episode for them. Yes. Yes, doing this episode for them. Um, they also may be spawning a third movie on Disney+. Plus. Which is something that was in the air for a while regarding Whoopi reappearing, because several of the nuns who she acted with, including Mary Wicks, who plays Mary Sister Mary Lazarus, and is a tone-deaf alumnus, having been in White Christmas as Emma Ellen, uh, they've all passed on. Oh. So that's... She wasn't sure about doing it, but has since been like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll sign into this. So, uh, we... Oh, shit, hold on, babe. Uh huh. Shit, really? Fuck. Okay, so where do we need to? Okay, thank you. Babe, the jig is up. Someone in the detective agency was a rat. As in, told them where we were? As in, they were also literally a rat. So, back to the basement? Yeah, we'll watch Sister Act and record if we're still alive after it. Okay, so... I guess you're not leading the praise band on Sunday? More pressing matters, babe. Damn it! I wanted to hear your rendition of WAP. You mean we're all praying? That's it. We'll see. Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our favorite people in the whole world? Heck yeah! Today, we would like to thank our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our producer circle sponsors, Bianucci, Reagan, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Hey, it's your boys from TGOT, those guys over there at Podcast. I'm Big Tom, the irrational and flies one of us all. It's your boy Jeff, the fact checker, the one who always write. Tim, I'm going to fuck your life up. This is Phil. Petty wise. I say what I want and do what I want and and it, and it works. <laughs> Are you getting a real name? Nope. We just five guys with the shits and giggles. We got that bar conversation for you. We just always having a good fucking time. <laughs> I didn't know we were seeing lines out here. Fuck it. End this promo. And now the lights are going down and the music's starting back up. So let's head back to the second act of our show. 
So, did that movie make you want to shout? Throw my hands up and shout. Throw my hands up and shout. It was... Uh, it's so refreshing to watch something enjoyable. Right. It's just... I, I enjoyed that so much. I'm I was so such glad. A, it was such a treat, especially, you know, uh, as is the status quo with me. Uh, I have heard of the show, and mm-hmm. of course, I've never seen it because yes. me. And it's nice to finally see this. I'm, is, if it's from 1992, is it fair to consider it a classic? I, guess? I, I mean, I consider it a classic. This but... classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I like Whoopi Goldberg as well and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, as I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I've seen her in a singing role before. Isn't she great? I had no idea that she was such a good singer. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a surprising treat. Um, but yeah, I had fun, and it makes me excited for the next one. Oh. So. I, I will warn you, the next one, I kind of gone a little bit of a tangent in my notes about what the sequel means to me, because I got a little angry when I was doing some research, so... Well, that's fine. You can you can uh, get on that soapbox and yell into the world about how they're wrong. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, our show is laser-focused and never mm-hmm. has any tangents, Oh, never. Oh, never. I do want to point out, I forgot to mention, the writer, or rather, the person behind arranging the music for this, because this is technically a jukebox musical, uh, is Mark Shaman, who we're going to talk about when we do Hairspray. Because he's the one who wrote the music for Hairspray. So, I meant to bring that up, but... Shaman? Mm Mm-hmm. So, is he he, uh, Elementalist Shaman? Is he a Totem Shaman? Uh, I know some, some... you know, spec into shape-shifting and stuff, but, uh... God damn it. <laughs> I'm, betting he's like, I'm betting he's an elemental shaman, or maybe a healer. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I enjoyed the jukebox... Juke? Jukebox? Jukebox aspect mm-hmm. of this. Uh, even though... I don't know, because I... I don't know. I don't know how many jukebox musicals I've seen, if any. Like, I haven't seen Mamma Mia. You haven't seen Mamma Mia? No, Tommy isn't one, because that was specifically written as a story. And what's funny is, oddly enough, the songs that they did in uh, this show are ones that I was more familiar with. Mm -hmm. So it was funny. It's not like they were singing a bunch of stuff that I... Didn't know. Didn't know. And I did, like, later on... uh, are you still hungry, Latte? She's Are you still bowl. hungry? He's like, I had dinner and cookies, and I'm licking my bowl. Um, I did like in the later scene uh, where they, they do a, a, uh, a reprisal of the songs that are sung at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, but they put God in them instead yep. to make them, you know, <laughs> churchy. I fully believe that this movie had to have inspired some of that, because I don't know if that was in common practice, because... Did you ever go to the Lutheran church that I was part of for a while? I don't know. I know that when I had se- when I've been uh, to church with you when you were singing, um, you guys were usually performing uh, more traditional hymn mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so the praise band that I used to be a part of, uh, we did a cover of "I'm a Believer," but changed it to "I Saw God's Face." Now then I'm I a saw believer. God's face. Na, 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 na. Now, now I'm a believer. Na, na, na. Not a trace. 
dreaming of doubt in my mind. And yeah, it was. How was that? I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Oh, yeah. We didn't quite go that far. It was Lutheran. You in the back. Ah, believe. Like I said, Lutheran. Oh. So it wasn't like the Shrek. Will... It wasn't like the Shrek in the Swamp Karaoke Dance Party. No, it wasn't the Shrek in the Sh- Swamp Karaoke Dance oh. Party. But uh, I, I like say... big butts, and I cannot lie. You other churches can't deny. <laughs> that when a nun walks in with no. <laughs> habit on her face, no. <laughs> that round thing in your face, you get feelings. <laughs> um, but no, that was something that brought me into that church. Was because the first day that I was there, they did that, and I was like. Oh, they do rock and roll, and the pastor's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. This is awesome. <laughs> then the pastor left like two years later. Yeah, didn't it? Didn't it uh, wasn't it because he went to Compton? He went back to Compton because they missed him. Yeah, hey, and, yeah, hey, I was, more power to him. I was just kind of like, but we yeah. miss you. It's it's. You made me realize I don't need to be scared. It's interesting uh, the the difference that a good. Uh, pastor or priest makes you know mm-hmm. to to you know fill in the lord and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff uh anyway sorry this kind of got a little i mean little it's a little skew. related it's a little related of but, this, but... Oh, okay let's let's uh let's uh get on our knees and and thank god for this musical Gonna get on my knees and start pleasing Jesus. Wanna feel his warm salvation all over my face. <laughs> the year is 16. 1968. <laughs> it's in the way back. In the long, long ago. <laughs> the year is 1968. And Dolores Whoopi Goldberg is an unruly child in a Catholic school. And apparently is the is on the fast track to hell because she makes very simple and harmless, although blasphemous, jokes about Ringo and Elvis being some of Jesus' apostles. The nun is not amused and damns Dolores to hell for her childish insolence. I have to say that being... Knowing that it was meant for Bette Midler, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm, like, trying to imagine Bette Midler in the role... And so many of the things that, like, struck me more with the movie, like, watching it as a kid, wouldn't have hit me as hard if it was Bette Midler as it did with Whoopi Goldberg. Because I, I was able to put myself in Whoopi's shoes Yeah, that, that makes, you know, you were able to identify because it was a black woman. Yeah. Which absolutely makes sense. And it's, it is interesting because uh, I do like Bette Midler, and mm-hmm. I've seen her in stuff that I've, I really like her in. Yeah. I don't know... I like Whoopi did such a great job. Mm-hmm. I cannot picture anybody else. I can't either in that, and I especially can't and especially in the parts where she's teaching the the sisters, you know how to how to sing and stuff. She's really giving in some of yeah. that. That I don't. I hate to be like a uh, 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 stereotypical, but she's like giving them some of that black funk, like some she's, of that black. Groove. There's a lot more soul yeah. to it that I I just I can't picture that. Be- Midler no. doing that, and I don't know if this movie would have been as memorable. I don't with know if Bette it would have. Midler, I don't know if it would have, and I think that, uh, yeah, it just Whoopi did such a good fucking job. It definitely would not have spawned the sequel. Ah, because I, the Bette Midler absolutely could not have done 
what they're going to do with the sequel, which mm. also ties into why I'm pretty sure... Uh, the reason why I don't think critics like the sequel as much as audiences liked the sequel. Oh, so, yeah. Okay yeah. All right. Get the little wheels. taste. Get the hamster wheel in my brain yeah, going. Yeah, get, get the little taste of why I'm mad at the critics. Mm. Okay. <laughs> We jump to the future, and the hellish blasphemer Dolores Whoopi is a singer at a casino, along with two other gals. They're singing to an enthralled crowd of music-loving patrons, or maybe like a handful of drunken gamblers. The gals sing about men, mostly, and their songs I'm familiar with, but could not name, cause... Me! <laughs> Anyways. That whole scene, though, reminded me of Tahoe. Oh my god, I don't know if our, I, I know we've mentioned it in passing to our listeners, but Kay did a charity event in Tahoe, California, uh, at this private resort to like raise money, and so you were mm -hmm. singing there, and I went to just go support you, and I got roped into serving champagne to rich assholes, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it was, it, that opening is a little bit like that, like you got this great singer and people just kind of being like <laughs> talking loudly over the singer drunk and yeah oh man <laughs> yeah fun fun memories anyways <laughs> dolores Whoopi finishes her set and we see her in her room with her man vince vince is uh he's that guy i know that guy he plays uh <laughs> He plays Mr. Wolf in Pulp Fiction, and he's great. But if I forget Carrie Fisher's name, who the hell stands a chance of being remembered in my Swiss cheese of a brain? Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. Thanks, Kay. <laughs> Don't worry. I didn't remember his name until the credits. So. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. What was his name again? Anyways, Dolores is banging Vince, who is married, and she doesn't seem to be into that anymore. Vince explains that he loves Dolores, and he wants to be with her. But he can't divorce his wife because he'll burn in hell. Catholics, am I right? It's, it's, uh, this makes me laugh. It's like, oh yeah, it's totally fine to, mm -hmm. you know, infidelity. Mm -hmm. But I can't get divorced. That would be, it would make God mad at me. Yeah. Instead, I just gotta keep fucking this chick on the side. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, anyway. Oh, hypocrisy. <laughs> Thy name is Vince. Yeah, Dolores is not thrilled with that response from Vince and basically tells him to piss off. You, sir, may fuck off. <laughs> you, sir, may fuck off. To borrow from crime and... Or no, small town murder. They do in crime and sports, too. Yeah, not as much, though, as small town murder. Oh, that's, whatever. That's what they say <laughs> when you're sentenced to death. Or life in prison is... Prison, you, sir, yeah, may yeah. fuck off. Anyways... We then see Dolores with her friends in their dressing room, and Dolores is like, I'm quitting the show. I'm leaving Reno and going somewhere else. Her fellow singer friends are like, no, don't go. We love you. We need you. And then there is a knock on the door, and it's Vince's goons, and they brought Dolores a gift from Vince. It's a purple mink coat, and it looks very, very nice, especially mm -hmm. on Dolores. Dolores is like, oh, man, I think I may need to forgive Vince. But then she sees that the coat is monogrammed inside. It's Vince's wife's coat. Mm -hmm. Dolores is like, fuck this bastard. I'm mm -hmm. going to go to his office and shove this coat up his ass before I leave town. Exactly, girl. Mm -hmm. It's at this point in time that we see Vince... Turns out he's a real mob guy, and he's interrogating one of his goons who apparently squealed to the police about something regarding Vince. 
After some calm and collected discussion, one of Vince's goons blows the informant's brains out, right as Dolores walks in. Vince is like, hey babe, do you like the coat? And seems to be completely unaware that perhaps Dolores is not used to seeing dead people. Yeah. Because he's just like, oh, you, you like, you like the coat? Yeah, and you're sorry, right, for the things that you said to me earlier? All right, cool. You're going to be at mm. your place? I'll see you later. And then, and she's just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, mm -hmm. obviously terrified because she just saw a guy get shot. Yeah. And just the, the, the way that Vince is just like, oh, what? No, it's just Tuesday, babe. Like, he's just, what are you upset about? Mm -hmm. And she does the thing that I would have done in the same situation, which I appreciate. Which is? Listen to make sure, okay. Well, the next bit that you're going to probably okay, read. Yeah, yeah. She. Okay. Uh... Dolores, shaken by the violence, thanks Vince for the coat and hauls ass out of there. Listening at the door, she hears Vince's goons be like, uh, she seemed upset. Can she be trusted? And Vince is like, huh, now that I think about it, bring her back for a little chat. And if she runs, take care of her. Mm-hmm. Which we all know is gangster speak for kill. Mm-hmm. Dolores, <laughs> Dolores fucking runs for her life, and the goons give chase. Same Dolores. Mm -hmm. Same. <laughs> Side note. So Vince can be a part, can be a, an accessory, it'd be a part of murder. No problem. But divorce, that's what he's afraid is gonna, he's gonna go to hell for. I'm pretty sure that thou shalt not kill comes before thou shalt not commit adultery. Just saying. Catholics, Just right? saying. It's it's higher up on the list. So, so I think that that's, so full, I think that's a bigger sin. Full disclaimer to any uh, <laughs> listeners who are Catholic, I make the joke of Catholics, am I right? It's just in there because this guy is very obviously Catholic and they make this convoluted thing about like, oh, I don't want God to be mad at me. Excuse me while I blow this motherfucker's <laughs> brains out, you know? So yeah. it's that it's that irony there. It's okay. Your mother-in-law's a Jack Catholic, oh, so it's, it's okay. I'm, 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 I'm a quarter Catholic by association. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm half Catholic <laughs> by, by association. My mom was born Catholic. Dolores runs through the kitchen and the casino and ends up finding her way outside via hidden underground tunnels built by the ancient and noble mole people who once inhabited the land of Reno. Don't talk about the mole people! Babe! I don't want to go back to the animal Exactly! Dungeon. We don't need to talk about the mole people! We don't know about the mole people. Ahem. <clears throat> Anyways, Dolores hails a cab and heads to the police station to spill her guts. Figuratively, of course. Dolores tells the cops the murder she witnessed, and they're like, Yeah, your boyfriend is kind of a criminal dickhead, didn't you know? And Dolores' heads, and Dolores' head explodes, figuratively. And the cops are like, If you testify, we can put him away for good. It will only take a couple of months to get the court date, and we'll hide you and keep you safe. And Lieutenant Souther is like, I'll put you where Vince will never find you. Mm-hmm. Jump to San Francisco and a rundown part of it, it looks like. Lieutenant Souther hi wants to hide Dolores in a convent. Dolores is like, nah, nah, none uh <laughs> Fuck this shit. I'll go back and try and work things out with Vince. Bye. And Lieutenant Souther is like, nah, come on. You'll be safe here. You've got God watching over you. Nothing bad ever happens in convents. Just ask the nuns from Nonsense. <laughs> the ones that are left anyway. 
she's right not to eat the soup. <laughs> I have a joke about that. Yes! Well, well, not the one you're thinking of. Oh. Uh, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm kicking myself that I didn't <laughs> work in the nonsense joke there. Anyways, we see a priest t- uh, talking to Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. And McGonagall <laughs> is like, I don't want to hide a black lady. We're very monochromatic around here, and I like it that way. And the priest is like, but they're paying us, and you need the money because this convent is in danger of closing. McGonagall is like, oh, that's right, money. God needs money. And they agree to hide her. I have to say, again, the power imbalances and everything else would not have worked as with, hard. Betty Midler, with Betty Mither. Bette Midler. It would not have worked. No, it, it definitely carries more oomph to mm-hmm. it with Whoopi. And it, it really makes you have this stark difference between people who actually practice what's being preached and people who just preach yeah. what you should be practicing. Preach with the backhand. It's, ah, it's so, ah, it's so good. I feel like oh, that may, that's a, quite a new term, backhanded preaching. Yes, backhanded preaching. Yeah. That's what it is. Dolores and McGonagall hash it out, and McGonagall is like, we have rules. You will follow these rules. And Dolores is like, I don't like rules, but I like being murdered even less. We see Dolores... <laughs> We see Dolores changing out of her fancy showgal clothing and is very surprised and not at all thrilled to see that she has a penguin uniform she's required to wear. (laughs) Dolores is a very grumpy penguin, and that mood is not improved by lunch. (laughs) At lunch, Dolores is introduced by Sister Superior McGonagall to the rest of the congregation, who give her the, uh, eye of, uh old white lady judgment Mm -hmm. and some young white lady judgment Mm -hmm. and some young white lady interest. Mm -hmm. Dolores sits down to eat and is like, what the fuck is this bowl of diarrhea you're feeding me? (laughs) Mother, sister, superior, supreme McGonagall is like, shut up and no dinner for you. And they take her bowl of diarrhea away and tell her to, to do a ritualistic fast so she might be grateful for the shit she's given. And that they will be silent until sundown because, uh, prayers. Prayers can only be answered when you're silent. Catholics, am I right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know how many more times I make that joke. <laughs> What's great, though, is my first thought was, oh, the nuns don't season their food. <laughs> oh, you know what? she makes the comment of, well, maybe I'll add some salt. Oh, she, yeah, she's like, oh, put some salt in it. It'll be fine. You know what's funny is, uh, you know, spoilers, like, you know, since it's a musical, she improves, you know, the, the music in, in this church, in this uh, convent. I, but when she was complaining about the food, I thought for sure she was going to be teaching somebody to cook. And like, <laughs> I thought for sure that'd be one of the first things that she'd be working in the kitchen. She'd be like, no, 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 no. You get some Mrs. Dash, you get some cayenne, you get some garlic. No. What they have her doing is so fucked up, though, especially with uh, her being black. It's like, you motherfuckers! <laughs> you motherfuckers! <laughs> you racist ass nun motherfuckers! Yeah, just a, just a smidge. Just, ah! We then see Dolores and the other penguins working diligently in the garden, and Dolores eyeballs a tomato. Some of the other nuns give her the look of, don't you think about stealing that tomato? And when the bell chimes for them to go inside, Dolores snatches that motherfucking tomato because she's got to catch up on her blood sugar. Ha ha ha. Catch up. Because of tomato. Oh my god. 
Anyways, we then see super superior mother nun McGonagall showing Dolores to her cell. I mean room. I mean chamber, which looks like a prison cell. They call it a cell. They call it a cell. And it looks like a prison cell. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dolores complains about the lack of furnishings, and McGonagall is like, We're nuns, bitch. Maybe you can use this downtime to reflect on your life. And bids Dolores good night. I said good night! (laughs) Like, seriously, I just keep going back to, if this was Bette Midler, it would have just, it wouldn't have, yeah, it wouldn't have, it shown, it's, uh, with with Whoopi Goldberg, it has much more of the fish out of water kind mm -hmm. of aspect to it. Um, And it shows that the nuns aren't necessarily, or at least the mother superior isn't necessarily the good guy here. Because she's she's very much instantly <laughs> judgmental. She, I don't know if it's in the script or if that actress worked it in just with her own acting talent, but there mm-hmm. was definitely um, an air of <sighs> prejudice. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's one of those like, things that's very coded in it. Yeah, like, there's there's never any racially disparaging remarks mm-mm. made, but a lot of it is just in body language and and yeah. gestures and stuff like that. Yeah, which I'm I'm am glad for because you know me when with racism I would have been yeah screaming if it had at the been TV. Overt, you would have I would hated this movie. Well, I don't know if I would have necessarily hated it, but I would have. Let's just say. Uh, Super Mega Ultra Mega Nun Mother Superior probably would have had a cunt in there somewhere. Yeah, if... yeah. But luckily it's not. And and it's one of those things that you watch the facade being chipped away with each of the nuns. Yeah. And each of their prejudices kind of melt away. And mm-hmm. it's interesting, too, that it's the youngest nun that's the first one to really bridge that. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. White Savior is a trope. Yes. What is the trope with black person teaches white people how to be less white? I don't think there's a trope for that. Because um, that's a thing that exists, though. Yeah, Like, you it see is. that in media, so I'm it surprised is. that there's not a name for I it. I don't know if there is, because, like, Whoopi doesn't hit any magical Negro things. No, she doesn't she is revive anybody. Not. She doesn't have any powers other than that throat. Woo! But she does definitely have the more, but it, it's it's really strange because like, she, it's done in such a way that it's not shitty. It's not like a no. I I don't think it's shitty it's, at all. Yeah, it's a very it's it to me as a kid who grew up in a mostly white community. It was very much a. Uh, it was empowering to watch Sister Act and Sister Act 2 because it's like, oh, see, you guys were misjudging her and look, she pointed out where you were failing and fixed your shit. Yeah, yeah. I I just black was, woman to the rescue. I guess we, is the quote is the trope. I, I guess don't know. I don't know. Minority to the rescue would we call it? Like yeah. I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I was just curious because I knew that there was the white savior trope because we've mm-hmm. seen that a million times in Ugh. media and i but at the same time i'd out the, the invert of that i've seen mm-hmm. that trope as well even though it yeah. seems like there's not a name for it 
At it's not as common as White Savior, but it exists. Yes. And usually it gets tacked on to White Savior because if they teach it, if a black person teaches a white person how to have, like, how to do something better than the white person. <laughs> then proceeds to go on to save the day. Yeah, proceeds <laughs> to go on to save the day. Whereas with this, it's fully Whoopi yeah, saves whoopee. the day. It's she, all Whoopi. Which is so fucking empowering in a movie like this done by white people. <laughs> this movie is so, uh, so much fun. It was funny watching it because I was having so much fun watching it. I kept forgetting to type my notes, mm. and then you'd be like, do you need me to pause? I'm like, oh, shit, I guess I do, yes. Mm-hmm. So even though the movie's like an hour and 40, I think it took us like three hours to It did, to it took us three hours to watch. I'm sorry, love. It's okay. The next morning. Oh, and holy shit, I forgot to mention this. Uh, the super chipper nun who is uh, that we see earlier in the lunch scene is one of the, sis- the witch sisters from Hocus Pocus. And I had no idea she was the voice of Peggy Hill from King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. Because you were talking about her, and I could not put a name, a face to the name. And now you've got a face and name. Now I, and now I, I like her so much more now. Mm-hmm. I always liked her from Hocus Pocus, because mm-hmm. that's one of my childhood guilty pleasures. Um, but now seeing her in this and knowing she's Peggy Hill, even though I didn't watch a lot of king of the hill Mm. i just she just boom i just love her so much now i debated which reference i would use which point of reference for you and then i was like well it'll probably be a nice little surprise for him it It definitely was so (laughs) when he sees the face it goes ah (laughs) yep yep and uh yep mind blown pew anyways Sister Peggy is super chipper and shit and is like, rise and shine, sleepyhead, it's 5 a.m. And Dolores is like, fuck off. (laughs) But they rouse her from her bed and into the church for an exciting sermon by the priest who is like, why the fuck is my church so empty? And the nuns have been working really hard uh, to sing poorly. Sisters, sing! Sing, my nuns of music! (laughs) And the Penguin Choir sings. Poorly, as mentioned. (laughs) Okay, enough of that. (laughs) Dolores is like, yeesh. I know what I'm going to be doing eventually by the time... I know what I'm going to be eventually doing for the plot of this movie. (laughs) In the next scene, we see the sisters doing arts and crafts. Not sure what they're making or why, but Dolores is... Rosary beads. Oh, is that what they're just Yeah, they're doing rosaries. Okay, because I... Yeah, anyway, so... uh, I don't know why, because there's no one in the church, and they're not allowed to leave the fucking church. And the beads look really small, and the ones that Dolores had were blue. And, like, yeah. can rosary beads be any mm-hmm. color? Because I always swear I see them, like, red or white. They'll usually be red or white, but I've had... I had a bunch of my grandparents' rosaries after they died, and, uh... They were just lots of colors? Yeah, lots of different colors. I think Howdy had a set of pink rosary beads at one point, so... Yeah. Resist making an anal beads joke. Uh... Warren! Next scene. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, sisters are doing arts and crafts. I don't know why. Turns out it's rose. It's uh, rosary beads. Uh, but Dolores is dropping beads. The round of twenty questions begins at the crafts table, and the other nuns start asking uh, Dolores about her past. Dolores is like, "Uh, I was a nun in Reno, and uh, we preached to hookers and shit." Some of the nuns are like, "Oh wow, working hand 
working hand in hand with sin. You're such a good nun. And one really old nun is like, I miss my old convent. We had no electricity, just cold water and bare feet. It was hell on earth. I loved it. (laughs) That's Lazarus, right? Yes, she is awesome. (laughs) She makes me laugh. Just that old, that old nun, like she, she enjoys suffering. Like it just makes me laugh. Like she's like, I can't be close to God unless I'm miserable. She's one of the best characters. Which reminds me way too much of Mother Teresa because that was her philosophy too. Yeah. Is that you get closer to God by being near suffering, which, okay. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to go on a Mother Teresa rant. Uh, Yeah, we will not do that today. Dolores starts to tell them about the hooker, Buckwheat Bertha, who lived next door to her in Reno. (laughs) But she's stopped by McGonagall and ushered away. We then see a montage of Dolores doing chores, cleaning Mm -hmm. up after lunch, cleaning the pews, washing a fucking car for some reason. You know, none shit. Oh, speaking of Mary Lazarus, did you recognize her voice at all? Because I forgot to bring this up to you when we were watching it. You will. I, I thought you said Mary Lazarus. She is a tone deaf alum, but she's also from something else. You, uh, you said uh, she was from White Christmas. Yes, and she's from something else that's Disney. Fuck. Hint. Uh, let's see. What's what's a thing from it that you would be able to do? Uh, from the bells, 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 bells of Notre Dame. Who the hell was she? She was in one that? of the gargoyles. What? Yes. That was one of her last roles. I thought all the gargoyles were men. Nope. That was one of her last roles Damn. was uh, one of the gargoyles. You know, that's unfortunate because that's a shitty movie, but... The music's really <laughs> good, though. <laughs> fair. You know, Fair. Okay. Uh, Washing a car. You know, none shit. We then see (laughs) Dolores under the cloak of night, calling Lieutenant Souther to be like, Get me the fuck out of here! And Lieutenant Souther is like, You can't call here. We have a leak in the station. Vince wants you dead. Don't call here again. I'll be in touch. Click. And then hangs up on her. Dolores is left holding her habit. (laughs) We then see the baby nun, Mary Robert, uh, bringing Dolores a cute little alarm clock shaped like a flower to help her wake up at 5 a.m. Would a novice nun be a nun chick? Uh, a nunling? <clears throat> nun- a fledgling nun? You know, I think I like nunling. Nunling, nunling. is... is- is kind of has kind of a, a good a good task. have to be carried on the feet of Mother Superior. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a fucking sight? <laughs> Anyways, Mary Robert brings Dolores a clock, and the two have a little chat. Baby nun always wanted to be a Nunling. nun. Well, I have yes. <laughs> baby nun do 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 do. Baby nun do 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 do. You're welcome, listeners. Baby nun always wanted to be a nun because she wants to help people and shit. And Dolores is like, that's cool. Good night and thanks for the flower clock. Baby nun Mary Robert leaves and we see Dolores through her cell window seeing a bar across the street and she decides to go out. While Dolores is sneaking out of the convent, she's spotted by Baby Nun, who runs and tells Sister Peggy, and the two follow Dolores into the bar, thinking she's there to preach to the winos. In the bar, Dolores orders a Coke. 
after nearly ripping a man's ear off who was in her way. <laughs> Hardcore Sister Dolores has her evening spoiled when Baby Nun and Sister Peggy come in and Dolores tries to get them out. But a fight breaks out near the entrance. Dolores tries to smuggle them out the back, but Sister Peggy is like, oh, oh my gosh, a jukebox. I want to play a song. Oh, this is my favorite song. I want to dance with this stranger lady. Dance, dance, dance. <laughs> Dolores is able to rush the sisters out and back across the street before any more corrupting of nuns could happen. As they leave, there is a great line with one of the bar patrons. If this becomes a nun bar, I'm out. <laughs> oh, come on, my dude. There ain't no party like a penguin party. <laughs> Because a penguin party's got flippers. And happy feet. Anyways. And we still need to cut. We s you've, that's yeah, right. I, you've <laughs> never seen happy feet. Oh, my God. Why? Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, we're covering it now. <laughs> well, I know that uh, eventually we're going to start working in uh, animated musicals. Yeah, it might have to come sooner rather than later with that <laughs> one. I still can't believe you haven't seen happy feet. Mm-hmm. You would love Happy Feet. It's tap dancing. I do love me some tap dancing. Anyways, the sisters stealthily giggle and stealth across the street back to the convent and right into McGonagall, who is on her nightly buzzkill patrols. We then see her reprimand Dolores being like, I will send you away. And Dolores is like, no, no, don't Nine do it. I'm sorry. Nine points House Cartier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. I didn't make any of those jokes, so that's awesome you did. It's hilarious, because I've read, like, two books of yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, not my, not my series of choice. Not mine anyways. either. Anyways. I was a holes kid. Well, I'm like the wheel of time myself. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Dolores is like, no, don't send me away, I'm sorry. But super superior Reverend Mother Magnificent only kind of paid attention, because she heard the horrible singing of the choir and is like, I have an idea and tells Dolores that her only responsibility now will be singing in the choir until she leaves. Dolores goes to the choir, and Sister Mary Lazarus is like, Gah, you won't take my power! I'm in charge here! <laughs> <coughs> but she ends up handing control over to Dolores once it's discovered that she has a background in music. Dolores quickly... In uh, uh, Dolores quickly inventories the singing skills of the group and gets them set up for success, saying that they'll need to practice more than twice a week. We then see Dolores laying in her bed with a big-ass smile on her face as the faint echoes of singing can be heard as the other sisters are practicing in their rooms. Mm -hmm. The next scene is the mass on that Sunday. And the church is as is uh, empty as usual. That is, until Dolores starts the choir singing. It's amazing, leaps and bounds ahead of what it was. And after the initial hymn is done, they sing it again, but with a touch of gospel. The sisters breathe new life into the hymn, and baby nun Mary Robert punctuates some great parts, and the whole song really pops. I'm not a churchgoer normally, but I'd go hear that singing anyway. I'd go hear that singing. Anyways... The song of the penguins lures some <laughs> sinful people from outside into the church and puts some additional asses into the seats. <laughs> Fill those pews. However, holier-than-thou super-superior mother reverend is not thrilled with the good music. It's blasphemous to have such a hoppin' and poppin' spirit of the Lord in God's house, mm. and she will not stand for it. 
She tells Dolores that Mary Lazarus will resume control of the choir. Right then, the priest comes in and is like, That was the best Sunday choir I've ever heard. You should be very, very proud of putting Dolores in charge of that. That was such a super good choice you made. In fact, it was such a good choice, I'm going to tell the Archbishop you did such a good nun thing. <laughs> Dolores leaps on the opportunity and is like, she also said she wants us to have the nuns go out and help the neighborhood. Even though it's dangerous, we'll face it head on. Good idea, super mega nun. Like, ah, that was so good. <laughs> that was so good. I do love that after the singing when, uh, uh, so after they do the initial uh, choir singing, mm-hmm. um, and Reverend Mother is chewing out Dolores in her office, and all the nuns are pressed up against the door listening. Yeah. And then the priest comes over and is listening, too, before mm-hmm. he comes in and is like, I totally wasn't listening outside, but I'm here to save the day because I liked that better music because it put asses in the seats. Mm-hmm. We then see the nuns setting out to help clean up the streets, and we get a great montage of them helping to clean up graffiti, garbage, and helping to feed the poor with a touch of love. The Covenant is getting more and more traction, I think I said Covenant. The convent. Yeah, I, I was wondering where this was going to go. This is not Halo. Uh, <laughs> the convent is getting more and more traction and making some money. We see that they have a fundraising goal to fix the roof. The Penguin Brigade has painted over the graffiti with a beautiful mural, and the sisters have turned the front of the church into a playground. The good works the nuns have done have drawn the attention of not only the neighborhood, but the news. News spreads far and wide, and Vince's wife sees the news and is like, Vinny, look at these cute nuns. We should send them money. They're do-gooders. And Dolores does her best to hide her face from the camera using a small child she found. But, <laughs> but Lieutenant Souther sees her, and he's like, Motherfucker, I'ma kill her myself and he goes down to the church to yell at her. Dolores is like, yo, I didn't mean for it. The news just showed up. By the way, we have a show in a couple of minutes. Do you want to come watch? And, Luce- and Lieutenant Souther does. The nuns do a rendition of uh, My Guy from earlier uh, in the casino scene in the opening mm-hmm. part, but it's My God, and it's fucking hilarious. I love that. Hail, girls. Hail, Mary. What's up? <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> Nothing you can do can tear me away from my God. My My God. God. I love that. That was great. After the performance, the priest comes in and is like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, girls. Oh, my gosh. The Pope has heard of our choir and he's going to come listen to you sing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. (laughs) Super superior mega mother reverend is like, since it's the Pope. I think we should be more traditional and less rock and or roll. (laughs) By by show of hands, who agrees? And like two people raise their hands and the rest of the penguins like the new happy feet swing of things and vote to rock the Pope's socks off with their new gospel light vocals. McGonagall is visibly upset that her traditional ways are no longer the standard. Dolores gets called into McGonagall's office because she has a call from Lieutenant Souther, who is like, hey, 
I pulled some strings and we'll be in court in a couple of days. Great timing, huh? This creates an additional layer of impending conflict to the plot of this movie. Cool, right? Anyways, <laughs> see you soon. Try not to get murdered by your married ex-boyfriend's goons. Click. <laughs> Dolores tells McGonagall that she got her wish and she'll be leaving. And McGonagall is like, me too. I'm going to be a professor at a school in the UK to teach witches and wizards. <laughs> Dolores is like, but the penguins need you. I got the engine going, but you can keep driving this bus. McGonagall is like, no, I can't. I'm a relic who's set in her ways. Besides, I've misplaced my tambourine. Is she a mezzo or a lith relic? Ha, 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 Warframe joke. Um, <laughs> she's very old, so I think that makes her an axie. That's an axie relic. Okay. Yeah, I think I think with Warframe and the relics, the the less rare ones are the more recent ones, and the more okay. rare ones are the older ones. See, I I was confused by that because Neo generally means new, so I thought, oh, Neo must mean that, and and, and Mezzo is middle. See, and think of it this way though, um, uh, Neo. So axie is that's the oldest. Neo would be newer compared to axie, and then Mezzo would be after Lyft. Mezzo's before Lyft. Yeah. Well, no, Mezzo is. Well, in rarity, Lith is the uh, Lith is the, mo- is Lith the, least the most rare. common. Lith is the most common. Mezzo is <laughs> the middle. Neo is second to most rare, and then Axie's the most rare. So we'd get like something good from her if we cracked her. Uh, open? maybe only if you got the rare drop because you know uh, you have a chance yeah, of getting true. of garbage anyway. Another forma to add on the pile. Thanks a lot. Warframe. Woo. <laughs> we see the we the. We see Dolores uh, being spirited away by Baby Nun. Do, 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 do. Baby Nun. Do, 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 do. Sister Peggy and Sister Mary Lazarus, who are surprising Dolores with ice cream. The nuns eat some sweet treats while Dolores lies to their faces and says, We'll always be together, even though she knows the truth of the plot. <laughs> there is a rat in the police station. And the guy who I pegged as the rat is the rat, because he had a rat face, and I could tell. <laughs> and we see the him... The whiskers gave it away. <laughs> and the tail. <laughs> and the little beady, soulless eyes. And we see him calling Vince to tell on Dolores. Uh, to tell on Dolores' whereabouts. Lieutenant Southers comes in to punch the rat in his rat face, and he throws him to the other cops who haul the rat away. Fucking rats. Anyways, Lieutenant Southers then rushes to the church to save Dolores from the impending conflict, only he didn't count on his former showgirl turned nun to want to stay and perform, especially since the sisters have worked so hard to get to this point, and she has to see them through to the Pope performance. Lieutenant Southers tries to take uh, Dolores, but she's like, I have to piss, and goes into the bathroom but sneaks out and into the street, leaving Lieutenant Southers behind. Dolores runs into Baby Nun as she's leaving, and Vince's goons snag both of them, placing guns to their backs. The girls squeal as they're being abducted, and Lieutenant Southers is like, Motherfuck! And he runs after them. The bad guys speed away and guns to the nuns. And Dolores is like... <laughs> Guns to the nuns. And Dolores is like, leave the baby lo- nun alone, do 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 And the car comes to a stop at a, as a train passes, and Dolores <laughs> opens the door and pushes baby nun out do, into do, the road. Do, 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 do. Tuck and roll, baby nun! Do, 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 do. And the car keeps going, leaving baby nun rolling do, do, in the street. Do, 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 do. 
Baby Nun do 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 do. <laughs> Lieutenant Southers rushes in and grabs Baby Nun do 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 do, asking where they're taking Dolores. Baby Nun do 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 is like the Moonlight Lounge, and Lieutenant Southers fucking throws Baby Nun like full arm extension, pushes her. After the near nun assault, he gets into his car and speeds away. Baby nun do 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 rushes to the others to be like, they took her, they took Dolores. And super reverend nun is like, her name is not Dolores. Oh wait, yes, her name is Dolores, but she's not a nun. She's a lounge singer. And the others are like, we should have known she wasn't a nun. She was way too much fun. <laughs> and that rhymes. And then they're like, we have to save Dolores. I know you two didn't always get along, super mega mother, reverend, superior nun, but we have to help her. And Mary Lazarus is like, we can't leave it to the feds. I want to know Mary Lazarus's backstory. <laughs> well, she's Canadian. Uh, I w- She was born feral. Uh, raised by a moose. She was raised by a moose. Who then led her to a church where she's been a nun ever since. <laughs> and she liked it that way. Then she came to the big city and they had electricity and everyone was soft. <laughs> uh, can't leave it to the feds. And the nuns proceed to look for a way to get to Reno. Stat. The nuns go to a helicopter pilot and they are like, We don't have enough money to pay you for the full amount, but if you don't take us, we'll guilt pray to God not to abandon you as you've abandoned us. We'll pray to God not to cast you into the fires of hell as you've cast us out in our time of greatest need. We'll pray to God not to turn his love from you as you've turned your helicopter from us. That was such a great... Scene. I love that too because so they don't have like the $1,500 the guy wants. He's yeah. like, you know, sorry, I can't help you ladies. And he's like, I gotta check some stuff on the helicopter. And then they just all start following around. Oh God, please don't don't uh, turn your love from this man even though he's abandoned us. Your faithful follower. <laughs> I just love it. So great. Uh... The pilot is no match for the score of guilt-tripping nuns, and he breaks down and flies them to Reno. Which I do have a question about that. It's not a fucking clown car. How did all the nuns get to Reno? There's no way they all would have fit in that helicopter. Even if he was, like, hauling a basket full of nuns from the helicopter, (laughs) the helicopter could not sustain the weight of, like, 20 fucking nuns. The Lord found a way. (laughs) God works in mysterious ways. Sometimes God needs to fit a whole cadre of nuns. (laughs) The assault Uh, nuns. God's clown cars. Battle nuns! (laughs) Two battle sisters! Take up arms! Arms for the poor! Oh, wow, that's loud. Sorry about that, Kay. Speaking of which, Dolores is in Reno, tied to a chair, while Vince gives her the bad guy spiel of, You shouldn't have betrayed me. Is this what I get? Is this what I get for being so good to you? And Dolores dials up the nun powers to be like, I forgive you, Vince. And the goons are like, She's been acting like this since we nabbed her. And Vince tells them to waste her, and then leaves the room. 
We then see the nuns running around Reno until they find the Moonlight Lounge, after which we see Vince hitting on some woman at the bar when his goons come up and tell him, We can't kill a nun, Vince. And Vince tells them she's not a real nun, she's Dolores. The goons are unconvinced and are like, How do you know she didn't become a real nun when she was there? Things like this happen. Vince tells them to go kill her and not to come back until it's done. We also see the cops start rolling in as they arrive at the casino. Back at the soon-to-be murder, the goons tell <laughs> Dolores to strip down because they can't kill her while she's wearing her nun getup. Dolores falls to her knees and starts to pray on behalf of the goons since they're only following Vince's orders because he's too cowardly to do it himself. They all say amen at the, at the end of the prayer and Dolores hits both of them in their daddy bags. <laughs> Since it's a weak spot, the surprise attack was a guaranteed critical and caused a stun effect and caused the stun effect on both of the goons, giving Dolores the time to get away. We then have a reprise of the opening chase scene as Dolores runs through the, the kitchen and the casino. Worlds collide as the casino is filled with nuns, cops, and gangsters, all looking for Dolores. The frenzy concludes with the gangsters finding the nuns in one of the side rooms, and Dolores is with them. She tells Vince to leave the other nuns alone, and that she'll as, as she approaches them. I love that they use dazzle camouflage to keep Dolores away. Like it was almost like a shell game with nuns for these guys. What dazzle camouflage? So, like with zebras, where zebras are black and white stripes, and so it confuses the... Uh, oh, because yeah, because they can't mm. pick out where one begins and one ends. Yeah, and so you have a little bit of that, because they're like, okay, we're going to split off one go or one group this way, one group this way, one group this way, and then uh, I thought they the were doing that just a little to try bit and, more. I thought they were doing that just trying to find Dolores. No, that was after they found okay. her. Okay. And then <clears> after <throat> they found her, they split up. Uh, they split up that way, and then they split up even further, because you have... Uh, Mary Lazarus being kind of a decoy nun, so that they come up and are like, oh, hey, babe. And I love that. Vincent comes up, he's like, hey, babe. And she's like, hello, sweetheart. And he's yeah. just like, backs away slowly, like, ugh. My penis shriveled and ran away. <laughs> All nuns apparently look alike. <laughs> what can I say? Well, from behind. What can I say? Misidentifying nuns? It's a habit. Oh my god. Aha! Uh, see. Yeah, Vince and, the go and his goons uh, corner the nuns, and Dolores is with them. Uh, she tells Vince to leave the others alone as she approaches them, ensuring the nuns are out of any line of fire. Vince points a gun to Dolores, but he doesn't fire, and he tells his goons to do it. They both say that they can't, because she's still a nun! And Vince tries to be like, she ain't no nun. And Mega Mother Reverend Superior steps up to be like, she is a nun. She is a model of compassion, mercy, and love. She is Sister Mary Clarence. It was Clarence, right? Yes. Okay. Woo! I remember that. And the goons are like, told you, we would have been in big trouble with God if we'd killed a nun. And Vince <laughs> then goes to shoot Dolores but instead get shot by Lieutenant Southers, who fired through the mirror and took Vince in the arm. The cops swarm in and arrest the goons, and as they're hauling Vince away, he yells at Dolores, saying, She's no You're nothing without me! And Dolores says, Vince, I have two words for you. <laughs> 
Baby Nun chimes in, do 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 do, to be like, please don't curse in front of my virgin ears. <laughs> and Dolores says, bless you, but with that stank of fuck you. <laughs> and the cops finish hauling Vince out of the room. The nuns all gather around Dolores as she hugs Reverend Mother McGonagall, and they're like, Oh my god, we thought you were a nun! Ha 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 ha! And Dolores is like, I'm sorry about all of this, and I'm sorry that I'm not going to be around. And Reverend Mother McGonagall is like, Well, we both can't leave, so I guess I will stay and drive this bus that you warmed the engine of. And the scene changes to the sisters singing for the Pope at their church. And in the fashion of the show... Uh, in the fashion of this show, the first rendition is the classical choir singing, and the second is the hip-shaking, head-bobbing good time. And the song concludes with the sisters getting a standing ovation from the Pope. This is like the—is this like a guaranteed first-class ticket to heaven for Catholics? My heathen, my heathen instincts say yes. We could ask Mama Kay, but hey, hey, if you do something really well and the Pope gives you a standing ovation, is that like? A free pass to heaven? Can you just, like, sin a bunch, and then you'll get up there and you'll be like, Yeah, but I got a standing ovation from the Pope. And they'll be like, well, get your ass in here. I think you still have to do communion and confession, though. That's too much work. <laughs> Hell is way easier. <laughs> Anyways, the show concludes with the credits and some magazines and tabloids talking about this not-really-nun and her merry band of singing sisters rising to stardom. The end. I love this show so much. It's a fun show. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, it's I'm th there's a positive aspect to me not seeing so many stuff because then I get to share it with you mm -hmm. and see it for the first time. Yes, and, and it's so fun to see you experience them. The show was fun. Like this is this movie is one I would watch again. Like absolutely because it's just entertaining and it's fun and it's got heart to it mm -hmm. and just. Oh, I'm still blown away by uh, Whoopi Goldberg's singing voice. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I, I've seen movies with her, you know, of course I saw her on Star Trek Next Generation and mm -hmm. stuff like that and, uh, and other stuff, but I'd never heard her sing before. At least not that I can, I and can think of. This will not be the last time because not only will we be doing Sister Act 2, but eventually I want us to do Serafina, which is another musical she's in. Cool. So, yeah. I'm so glad you liked it. Isn't Whoopi Goldberg an EGOT? Yes, I believe so. If she isn't, she needs to be, but I'm pretty sure she is. I just thought I... I'm pretty sure she's an EGOT. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember who's EGOTs and who's not, because there's people who I'm like, what do you mean they're not an EGOT? What the fuck? And then yeah, there's yeah. ones who I'm like, you're an EGOT? <laughs> Why? Yeah, well. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> But I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah. I, I I have so many warm feelings about both of these movies, and I'm going to kind of gush about Sister Act 2 more next week. But yeah, these these were important movies for me growing up as a kid. Yeah, and I, I, I can see why. And, yeah. And uh, they hold up well. Mm -hmm. They absolutely hold up well. Mm -hmm. um, they're very 90s, uh, kind of thing like that. You know, there's there's... It's funny looking, like it's 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 interesting watching stuff from uh, right around the time that I was a child. You know, uh -huh. uh, you know, before everybody had a cell phone mm -hmm. and everything like that. You still see people with landlines and everything like that. Yeah, it's like so much stuff nowadays. It's just everybody's got their fucking cell phone, even in media. Mm -hmm. um, but I just I 
I just had so much fun with this. I was just, I laughed a lot, as oh, you could tell. Yeah. And just, ah, I, ah, ah, this is what it's like to enjoy doing our show. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> this, this is when you enjoy musicals. Oh, man. <laughs> Instead of. I know that we have some, some uh, burning turds on the horizon coming up. Yeah, but. But you it's know, nice. it's not. It's it's it, nice to uh, wander the desert of terrible musicals and then come across an oasis and be like, "Oh my God, I'm so thirsty." Thank you, Whoopi. Yes, <laughs> Whoopi be praised. Yep, I'll I'll praise Whoopi. I would I would gladly get like one of those candles, those saint candles with Whoopi Goldberg's <laughs> face. <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny. I would I would do that. Oh yeah, I I love her. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean. One of the first movies that I saw here in Utah was Karina Karina, so... That's a good movie. Yes. She's really good in that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, anyways. Huh. Okay. Thank you, you for giving welcome. me a break from the the gauntlet of, of terrible movie musicals and uh, sharing this, this wonderful gem of the 90s. Absolutely, and we're going to see another gem of the 90s next week. I look forward to it. Yes, because we, we forward, see... Forward! Never back! We On to the horizon, because it's not lost. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Sorry, Kay. It's okay. Um, we can't do Sister Act without doing Sister Act 2. And there are some names in it that you're going to be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> can't do Sister Act without doing Sister Act 2. It's kind of like... Uh, can't do Phantom of the Menace. Phantom of the Menace. Jesus Christ. Phantom. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. Without doing Love Never Dies eventually. That that play needs to burn. They need they need to find a void fish, feed Love Never Dies to the void fish. And it'll just go away. No, I would rather decapitate it and hang its head on a spike as a warning to all future playwrights. Decapitate Love Never Dies head? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not condoning murder. I'm just saying I want to murder the show and cut off its head and put it on a spike, hang it in the front yard as a warning to all other future musical theater writers. Don't fuck up a good thing <laughs> with a shitty sequel that wasn't <sighs> needed. But this one is a sequel that absolutely was needed. Fuck you, critics. We're going to be <laughs> watching Sister Act 2 next. Hallelujah! And then uh, probably going to see if I can find Serafina. We'll see. But yeah, cool. I'm excited. I'm excited too. So thank you all for listening to this episode. Um... We're, we're glad that we're out of the witness protection program from the uh, snail mafia. I'm, I'm kind of glad. This is a shorter episode today. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how uh, much shorter our episodes are when we're talking about how much we like a show versus how much we fucking despise something. Exactly, exactly. And uh, if, if this was your first episode, congratulations! You picked you a, good a good episode! episode. Yay! Yay! You didn't get something that uh, was Lost Horizon. Lord. But, um, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, If you want to help support our show, please share with your friends. That does a big... That 
helps us in huge ways if you share our show. Also, rate and review. Spread that love around. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, iTunes, uh, Stitcher Podcasts, Podchaser. Podchaser's great because you can review each episode. So it's not just one review and then you're done. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You can review every episode if you want. You can... You can review the episodes, and Warren will reply to them yes. on uh, on Podchaser. <laughs> Kay lets me off the reins to uh, be wacky and wild with my replies. So. Yes. So if you want a really wacky and wild reply from Warren, review and, us on Podchaser. And you know you do. You, you know you, you do. You know you do. I promise I'll make it entertaining. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But then it's all, it's all based on your review. Make your review entertaining. Give me something to work with. Yes, yes. <laughs> even Even say something like, Baby nun, do 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 do, and Warren <laughs> will respond to that. So. And if you, as part of our ongoing uh, attempt to bribe for reviews, if you mention our wonderful silent, mostly silent co-host, who you might have heard in the background, Latte, if you mention Latte in your review, she gets a cookie. She. She shouldn't be eating as many cookies because the vet said she shouldn't. But. Well, the vet's not here, and Latte is very cute. This and, is true. And uh, we know that people love animals, and people will do stuff for animals. Yeah. Isn't that right, Latte? She's yeah. like, I heard the word cookie. And I heard I, a promise. I understand what that word means. Now give me a cookie. Yep. <laughs> um, you can also uh, go to our website, tonedefmusical.com, which has links to all of our social media. We have our our uh, our uh, Instagrams, our Facebooks, our Twitters. Mm-hmm. All of those are Tone Deaf Musical as well. If you can't get, if you don't go to the site, but you want, you're just on Twitter, like, no, I gotta go here right now. We're Tone Deaf Musical. And uh, on our website, we also have a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server, where we have our own Not Safe Work channel. Feel free to drop in, say hi, talk about musical theater, share pictures of your pets, or tell me that I'm wrong about stuff, and I will probably agree with you. (laughs) Or uh, maybe drop in and say something about your favorite dinosaur, and I'll be like, hell yeah! Oh yeah, Kay Kay knows a lot about dinosaurs. (laughs) I I like dinosaurs. I like dinosaurs too. Living and dead. I don't know as much. But, uh... (laughs) Uh, you can also uh, go above and beyond if you want to and join our wonderful patrons on Patreon at Tone Deaf Musical on there. Oh, you can also uh, go above and beyond as well and buy shirts, masks, phone cases, trippy jello cat shit on our tea public. Do you need to go potty? Do you need to go potty? Okay, well, I think that means we can wrap up our episode. Ooh. Yeah. We can wrap up our episode, huh, sweetie? So on behalf yeah. of Kay, I, and our dog, Latte, thank you thank so much you for so listening much. to this week's episode. Yep, that'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone, Tone Deaf. Deaf.